The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. It's time for the John DePietro Show here on News Talk WNRI 1380 AM and 99.9 and 95.1 FM. He's a special kind of sentinel. Mr. DePietro, who is in the eye of the storm. Suddenly, John DePietro became the story. Radio talk show host John DePietro. All right, folks, and here we go. Hey, good afternoon, one and all. Here I am, it's Juan. It's John DePietro. This portion of our program is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Remember what we say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Call them today at 401-710-7096. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances, owner-owned and operated. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. <clears throat> Folks, good afternoon at 1206. Boy, what an incredible, it's hard to believe it's only Wednesday. The amount of news that's been going on. Uh, just read some of the headlines. Voters decisively... Uh, rejected the media's favorite candidate. Many made last-minute picks. Biden promises revival of decency and honesty. So Michael Bloomberg is out of the race. Resurrection of Joe. Bloomberg gets out. Um, of course, Chris Matthews resigned on Monday night. My goodness, questions abound. How about the swap talk about Brady going to the 49ers for Jimmy Garoppolo? And that continues to increase. You know what no one is talking about? And anyone that has followed it as closely, and I'm not going to get too much into it, because I want to talk about the speaker. We're going to talk about also Dan McGowan of the Globe is going to join me at 1230. Uh, the situation regarding what happened with Biden and Bloomberg, what this means for President Trump, and especially if you want updates and news on Speaker Mattiello, I'm going to touch on that um, as well. But what no one touches on, and there was an article in the Boston Herald, I think. Did I see it in the Herald uh, in December? That last year, I'll just say this. this it's really short about Tom Brady. But um, Tom Brady, his parents were unable to go to the games this year. Because as, as some people knew, his mother had, I think, had dealt with cancer. And so they weren't able to travel as much. And so it certainly could make sense for his final two years of his career he grew up being a 49ers fan. He grew up in that area. And if he wants to just play for the 49ers, his last two years in the league, and then his parents could be at every game. And, my God, I mean, the career he's had, he could have all his teachers at the game and everyone, neighbors he grew up with. I mean, what better way to finish your career if you're not going to finish in New England than with the team that he grew up loving? But uh, I don't hear anyone talking about that. The fact that his parents, he's so close with his mom and dad, they're unable to go to the games. He'd live out there, and then his kids could be around his parents. Um, I don't hear anyone talking about that. But anyhow, I want to get to uh, some of the other news today. And I'm also going to talk on the way the Department of Health, I don't think they've been that forthcoming with the uh, everything with the coronavirus. And I'm going to talk about that right now. Um, but if you go to my Twitter feed, I did put this on Twitter, and then I also did put it on Facebook. So... But the the situation with St. Ray's, the emails that were going out, there's our friend, Paul Manville, uh, Mainville, Paul Mainville. Hi there, Paul. The email that went out from St. Ray's, this is really significant, and I haven't heard anyone talking about this. Now, another person 
as I said the other day, has tested positive. I want you to listen right now. And again, good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. Hi there, Angela. What people need to understand, what's going on with the Department of Health? <coughs> they don't want to just announce that someone has tested positive. So here's the delay. Keep in mind, and, uh, and again, folks, 766-13, if you want to call in, if you have a question or you have information or you want to comment on anything, the phone number is 401-766-1380. Think of many times when someone has passed away and perished. The media says the name has been withheld pending notification of the next of kin. Meaning what? It means we're not announcing the name because as we speak, the family is notifying different family members and friends that the person has in fact died. Well, the Rhode Island Department of Health is basically, they're doing the same thing with these people that are being confirmed regarding the coronavirus. And they don't want to just announce that such and such a person, hola Ryan, such and such a person has tested positive for the coronavirus. What they want to do is they don't want to get behind the microphone and or release a statement until then they can say we this person has tested positive, you know, just as an example, uh, you know, Joe Smith and he was in touch or came in contact with 40 people and all 40 of them have been notified and blah, blah, blah. But the problem is there's a lag time with that. Good afternoon, Mark. So they delay on that. So St. Ray's sent out this email. Say, uh, Saints, that's what they call it. St. Ray's Academy of Inform, a third member of the school community, has tested positive for the coronavirus. This female faculty member returned from that school trip to Italy. Happy to report that symptoms do not warrant uh, hospitalization, resting at home. Now, but I want to go back to what happened with initially what was their reaction meaning the St. Ray's people, when they first had word, this was the email that went out, and I want to just pull it up, the email that they sent out, where they were basically knocking the media and denying everything. So their initial, it's come to our attention, this was on, on Saturday, Saturday they sent out this email. It's come to our attention, there's information being shared through various media outlets about a St. Ray's Academy member's health. It's always our priority to act with abundance of concern. When a staff member returned from Europe not feeling well, disclosed his health concerns to me, I contacted, listen to this, this is the principal now. I contacted the Rhode Island Department of Health. This was a Saturday email. I shared all pertinent information with the Rhode Island Department of Health. Ready? Here it is. And they did not feel it was necessary to take any further action to include any testing or quarantine of any members on the trip. I followed their protocol and guidance concerning the situation and have acted accordingly. Now, they start off by saying, you know, blaming the media, various media outlets. So the principal, St. Ray's contacts the Rhode Island Department of Health. The very next day, that was on Saturday, on Sunday, St. Ray's sends out the email, saddened to confirm a member of our community has a presumptive positive test. Well, it is positive. But here's my point. Other out-of-town media outlets are absolutely crushing the reaction to it, but I don't think it's been significant. Boston Globe, how a private school's trip to Italy 
became a coronavirus nightmare from Rhode Island. Now, from what I heard, keep in mind, I heard on Thursday that there was someone, I knew the hospital, and I knew that this person tested positive. That's right, Joseph Joe Roberts. Positive. Um, I contacted the hospital. I spoke with the Rhode Island Department of Health. They told me it was completely untrue. Nope. Don't go forward with that. You're giving out misinformation. I checked back with my sources. They said it was 100% right. On Friday, I again reached out. Nope. No truth to it in any way. Now, I've since learned. Think of that. St. Ray's reached out to the Rhode Island Department of Health. And they were told no need to test that man and no need to quarantine anyone. Now, I've also been told that Raimondo was trying to micromanage the situation. And Governor Raimondo, where was she? She was out with the Bloomberg people and said to them, don't say anything until I get back. So it allowed to fester. Now, the rate regarding the coronavirus is much higher. The death rate is higher. Good afternoon, Captain Chris. Than they initially thought, much higher. And as you can, anyone that has followed the story, I mean, the amount of deaths are really climbing. But the Rhode Island Department of Health, as much as they're trying to control the situation, and Governor Raimondo was at the press conference and blah, blah, blah. The, the, the way this virus, this coronavirus is spreading it's obviously very serious with the amount of deaths you have right now. Uh, in Iran, it has killed 77 people are dead. What was the number I saw for Italy? By Italy, uh, worldwide, 92,000 people have been affected. 3,100 have died. The vast number of them in China. But also, Italy now, the death toll in Italy. Deaths in Italy has now surged to 79 I was just in Italy in December. I just missed that virus. Although I was was sick with something when I got back and it was a bad, it was something. I don't know, maybe I had it. I didn't think I had it, but I definitely had a germ, uh, which I normally don't. I'm just trying to think of what my symptoms were. I had a, a cough. I don't, I'm not even sure. I don't want to speculate. But um, I was in Italy in December. And my daughter was doing, my middle child was doing a semester abroad. But my point is, when it came to the situation, now you have two East Providence teachers quarantined themselves. Both of them are staying home from school because of concerns over the potential exposure to the, the coronavirus. Staying home. Uh, teachers not been named. Work Silver Springs uh, School in the Career and Technical Center. Teachers, the wife and an unnamed man in his 40s. Now, I've heard that, again, now she has also tested positive. Um, and we're still trying to get information. Rhode Island, how about this piece of information? Rhode Island has administered only four coronavirus tests. You have the guy from Brown University that contacted them and they wouldn't test him. Uh, let's see. All the kids that are pulling back from Italy are studying there are going to be quarantined. That's right. Well, a lot of them are already home, Nicole. A lot of those programs, they shut them down. My daughter, my middle child, was in a, and I've showed pictures of this, last semester, and I'm so glad this happened last semester. She did the program in in Florence, Italy. And the program she was in, they shut that down uh, even just in mid-March, they shut that down. But I went and saw her 
right around Thanksgiving. Hold on, I have a nice photo of us there. There's a nice picture of us in Rome. I'm holding up to everybody on Facebook Live. You can see Juan, and there's my middle child. There we go. It is Ricky Krasner uh, in Rome. And then here's a picture of us in Florence, Italy. That was, uh, that's a nice photo of us. That was right around Thanksgiving in Florence. But her program, all those kids, and by the way, as anyone that's had, they, they travel all over Europe. I mean, it's, it's uh, incredibly fun. Every weekend, they're traveling to, um, here's another nice picture of us in front of the Colosseum in Rome. Everyone is enjoying the photos. And, but then they were, they were going everywhere. She was in um, Africa. She was in Ireland. She was in Germany. She was in Paris. Um, here's another picture of us in front of the Colosseum. Rome was just delightful. Thank God we were there when we were. Because now Rome and Italy is, uh, is really, um, well, as you can imagine. I mean, it's, um, everything has changed. And the, the students there, they've already left. They're already back at the college campuses. But in, in April, more schools were expected to uh, schools go. Um, more schools were expected to uh, go on these different trips. Now, Massachusetts is saying not to. My point is, the Department of Health, uh, to put it mildly, they have not been on, on top of it and, and kind of been getting slammed by out-of-town media outlets. The New York Times. The New York Times. Um, but again, Governor Mundo's been nowhere. She's speaking right now as we speak. We're going to talk to Dan McGowan coming up with the Boston Globe, coming up at 1230. He's meeting with Governor Raimondo right now, interviewing her. So very significant with her, with uh, Mike Bloomberg getting out of the race. And and also with the coronavirus. And the governor was, how about uh, Governor Raimondo gave the big endorsement for Mike Bloomberg. Jobs for people in Rhode Island. It's the everyday American or the everyday Rhode Islander who is tired of the talk and just wants somebody who cares enough and can make their lives better, which is why I'm backing Mike. I know Mike will get it done because he has an unbelievable track record of creating jobs so, and delivering for people. Farmer New York's Mayor Mike Bloomberg, Rhode Island's lucky to have Governor Armando as governor. She's delivered for voters, brought good-paying jobs to the ocean state. Governor Raimondo's done in Rhode Island. I'm going to deliver for the everyday American. So think of this. Um, Bloomberg comes out with this ad saying, I'm going to do for America what Gina Raimondo did for Rhode Island. And he lost every state that has dropped out of the race. She is Chris Moran. How about that? Boy, there's pull for you. Maybe he's learning. Maybe it wasn't such a hot idea to get the least popular governor in the entire country. Uh, that blue. Because he has an unbelievable track record yep. of creating jobs and delivering for people. Hold on, let me hear the beginning. And my, I am Governor Gina Raimondo, and my thing is creating great jobs for people in Rhode Island. When? It's the everyday American or when? the everyday Rhode Islander who is tired of the talk and just wants somebody who cares enough and can make their lives better, which is why I'm backing Mike. I know Mike will get it done because he has an unbelievable track record million of creating jobs. And delivering for people. He'll go the extra mile to build affordable housing, make sure everybody can go to college or get job skills that they need. I want somebody um, who isn't a talker, but who's a doer. Oh, a That's what I do as governor every day. I want somebody who can deliver results, and I trust Mike to do that. 
Governor Gene Raimondo, boy, the things really took off after that. Think of that. After that endorsement, folks, this is not easy. He won America Samoa. <laughs> I got to admit, I didn't even know that they vote. I don't know why they're voting, but anyhow. Um, how about the only thing better than that is the fact that well, Elizabeth Warren finished third in Massachusetts behind Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. <laughs> but I want to get to, and then I will get to the situation regarding uh, Speaker Mattiello. Bloomberg last night. Oh, my God. You know, he'd, um, one thing about Elizabeth Warren, we'll always have her to think, and she took down Bloomberg at that debate. She absolutely took down Bloomberg at that debate. I want to get to, though, um, the New York Times had a scathing story. How about Andrew Ronaldo? Now, they say Andrew Ronaldo was subpoenaed, but he already testified in front of the grand jury, so I don't know what to make of that. Boy, there's one to watch. But talking about making the state nervous is Andrew Ronaldo under oath. He better, he better hope that they just keep it on uh, the Mattiello stuff, uh, attorney Andrew Ronaldo. He was the one. He was on the Lick, Providence Liquor Board with Gordon Fox. He was in, well, he was on the board when Gordon Fox was then involved with taking the bribe to get the liquor license. Read into that what you will. Um, uh, Kent Hospital will not confirm or deny whether or not they have a patient. So they'll instead just allow people to speculate on social media because that makes sense. New York Times, a school administrator contracted the coronavirus on a class trip. A week later, parents found out. This is a New York Times story talking about Rhode Island and St. Ray's. Students and teachers at the private St. Rayfield's Academy returned from the study trip to Italy, two other countries. Few were worried till reports began circling. A school administrator who had gone on the trip was sick. They were telling people at the school, don't worry, he just has the flu. A reassuring email went out from the principal on Saturday. Hi there, Suzanne. Telling parents, don't overreact information being shared through various media outlets. Uh, do not respond to, no, don't react to the John DePietro show saying that some member of St. Ray's has the coronavirus. State health officials had, had not advised testing or quarantine. Then on sun, that was on Saturday. On Sunday, a second email arrived. It had a different tone. The vice principal, who returned on February 22nd from the week-long trip with 38 students and chaperones, tested positive for the coronavirus, making it Rhode Island's first case. A few hours later, a third email informed parents a teenage girl on the same trip also tested positive. And that a second adult chaperone had developed symptoms was also undergoing testing. Now we find out she's also confirmed. Schools have been closed for a week. Students should avoid gathering in large groups. Uh, teacher was tested before those test results were made to the public. They learned about a sick staff member when a rival school refused to compete against St. Ray's in a cheerleading contest scheduled for Sunday morning. They heard there was coronavirus at St. Ray's. So another school's like, we're not competing against you. You guys have the coronavirus. Meanwhile, at St. Ray's and the Rhode Island Department of Health, they were denying the story. This is in the New York Times. The unfolding investigation at St. Ray's Academy in Pawtucket shows how difficult it is for school officials to provide accurate warnings, timely responses to a fast-spreading virus. Public health officials are scrambling to follow the trail. 
The school administrator called in sick right away, but the state officials were not informed of the specifics of the case until February 26, four days after the group's return, according to the Rhode Island Department of Health. The man spent those first days at home, seemed like the flu, but in contact with his wife and children, contact with others till February 27th, given orders to isolate themselves, said Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott. She was the same individual saying, I know, same individual saying that the coronavirus is biased against people of Asia. Uh, Brown University professor contacted the Board of Health, said he was at an international conference, said they had the symptoms of the coronavirus. They refused to test him, saying you were not in China. He told them that someone else at the conference he sat next to tested positive. They still refused to test him. Meanwhile, officials at St. Ray's Academy in Pawtucket kept telling students and parents at the school to ignore mentions in the media. Specifically, a radio talk show host who is telling people that the virus was spreading and someone had tested positive. They continued to deny the reports until the press conference on Sunday when it was announced that there was someone that had tested positive and it was at St. Ray's. Gee, I wonder who that was. Thank you there, Frank. That was me, folks. Go back. You can hear the shows on Thursday and Friday. I was saying there's someone in Rhode Island who has it. Uh, on Monday, Rhode Island has announced a temporary closing of a second school, Achievement First Academy. Um, Governor Armando was out of town with the Bloomberg campaign and then therefore was telling people, hold off till I get back. Don't announce anything. By then, it was too late. How about the Rhode Island uh, State Police arrested a veteran firefighter for soliciting a child, 14 years old, everyday child molester? You know, from what I heard, I had an email that said it's actually very common that a lot of the firefighters that are around in the firehouse all day, that this is more common than people realize. Um, I, I don't have any information on that, but I do know that the state police caught that guy. Right now, the latest 700 people in, in Massachusetts are self-quarantined for coronavirus 20 residents have been tested elizabeth warren is trying to figure out what she's going to do i like that why don't women like elizabeth warren how about maybe they just they like someone better they always want to turn it into like that it's somehow see there's more discrimination towards a woman i I don't believe that boston globe story our private school's trip to italy became a coronavirus nightmare for rhode island by the time an email from the principal at St. Ray's hit parents' inboxes, the rumors were already flying. School administrator turned from the trip, was experiencing flu-like symptoms. Students hadn't seen him in the school in the week since. Social media was buzzing. Local newspaper even briefly published and removed a story saying state officials were monitoring the first potential case of coronavirus. East Bay, Rhode Island were the ones that put that up. Now you have East Providence also helping break the story. So they had it. There were people there. But I want to tell you, the initial message from Principal Daniel Richard was less revealing. He said a staff member returned from Europe not feeling well, contacted the State Department of Health, shared all the information, and they didn't feel it was necessary to take any action. But the rumors were true, and the questions being raised how the school and the state handled the situation. 
I mean, but folks, this goes back to, and I can tell you, when I was contacting them a week ago, last Thursday and Friday, last Thursday, and again, folks, good afternoon, it's John DePietro. Um, Last Thursday, those of you that tune into Facebook Live, I had on the mask. I had on the corona mask. I mean, (coughs) people were talking about it. People were, oh, hold on, let me, did you know that eight pages from St. Ray's Oh, we're working at the State House last week. All went to Italy. Oh, my goodness. I did not know that. I'll ask Dan McGowan about that. Did not know. Wow. Oof. Now, that's good information. I posted. Oh, they're good. This, uh, this is Dan McGowan. But I just want to show folks. Last Thursday is the, um, here's the picture of me, right, in my mask. That was last Thursday. I'm holding it up on Facebook Live. Can I get a thumbs up from everybody on Facebook Live, right? That was last Thursday. I was wearing it. What was I saying? It's there. They have someone. They're in a hospital. And they've tested positive for it. And it was the, when I get off the air, I talked with the people involved. And they all completely denied it. And then I even spoke with someone. How about there it was, last Thursday. And then Friday again, I was calling and speaking with different uh, individuals. And they again denied it. I went back to my sources and said, Are you po- I'm positive. This is someone that's always giving me good info. All right, folks, I want to get to it. Uh, joining us right now from the uh, Boston Globe is Dan McGowan. Good afternoon, Dan McGowan. Good afternoon, John. How are you? Well, you tell me. I want to hear, uh, unless something changed, I believe you were meeting with Governor Raimondo uh, just a short time ago at 12 noon. Yeah, she just did a quick, uh, it wasn't a one-on-one or anything. She had a uh, uh, media availability uh, at CCRI because she was there to promote the free college program. But, of course, uh, afterwards, she basically just addressed uh, the Bloomberg campaign. And, and her, her uh, no surprise, she, she you know supported his decision to get out and said she's fully supporting Joe Biden now. Uh, and, and, you know, she we asked if she had any sort of regrets or anything like that about, about endorsing she said no. She said she still thinks he would have been a great president, but he clearly, uh, her, the two points that she made was uh, obviously his debate performances were, were pretty bad. Um, and then getting in late to the race, she thought, was was tough for him. So, you know, a little bit of trying to save face. She says she's fully with Joe Biden now. Of course, I think that we're clearly seeing folks, uh, the, the, at least the moderate wing of the Democratic Party, uh, you know, kind of coalescing around the former vice president. Yeah, um, you know, where she's fortunate, Dan McGowan, is uh, right now, Vice President Biden, I don't know what his people are like, other than they were pretty active and they refused the endorsement from House Speaker Nick Mattiello. And Mattiello, then with Amy Klobuchar, she's out of it. Um, But where she's fortunate is he, I I don't know again what his staff is like. He doesn't seem like the vindictive type. He, uh, I thought it was very impressive when he said, we won Minnesota because of Amy Klobuchar. I won Texas because of Beto O'Rourke. He's throwing the praise around. Um... But 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 that was she made a gamble. I mean, she had, if she had gone for Biden, Dan McGowan, it would have been totally understood. He he came in twice. He came in and supported her roadworks plan. This as much as she may want to spin it, this 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 was a miscalculation by the governor herself. Oh, no question about it, John. I mean, I think, look, I think there were, it was an authentic view of hers. And so to her credit, you know, she truly believed Bloomberg was the guy and, and she likes Bloomberg. Um, I suppose one could argue that, that you know, him, uh, it, it doesn't hurt to have a very close friend that happens to be one of the richest men in the world. Right. Uh, um, and so maybe no harm, no foul, but you're right. I mean, look, she, you know, they got into the, she, she supported Bloomberg 
in part because she didn't think Joe Biden could pull it off. That's right. And what we saw last night was that Joe Biden is obviously surging right now. Without question. Anything else about that? What about the coronavirus? Any uh, any news you can tell us, Dan McGowan? Yeah, we 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 asked a little bit about that, and, and her um, uh, she she said that she's basically right now considering some sort of action when it comes to uh, uh, travel overseas. She said it would be common sense for for uh, schools to not travel over uh, abroad right now. Um, she didn't exactly say what she's gonna, what she wants to do, but it sounded maybe like an executive order or maybe just some sort of urging to Rhode Islanders to, you know, if you happen to have traveled out of state to quarantine things like that. So she wasn't totally, um, you know, forthcoming about it. Uh, and then she kind of did the, the the very you know regular thing that that, that you see a lot. She was you know praised the Department of Health that sort of thing. Um, and so not not a major update yet, you know, not not like it was sort of Sunday into Monday where, you know, you felt like you were getting just constantly bombarded with new information. You know, one thing I'll say about the school trips is it is a problem because, for instance, now I just saw that you put Governor Mundo says getting. Um, oh, hold on. Governor Mundo says schools should cancel trips aboard as a, as a response to coronavirus. But the problem is with the company that you deal with, and I know this firsthand because my youngest was, uh, she's supposed to be going or was supposed to be going on a East Greenwich school trip to Europe next month. And the company is very adamant that unless they're the ones that cancel the trip, you can forget about getting any of your money back. So it's, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I, I've heard from a couple of parents that there were parents that were leery about sending their students on St. Ray's trip. But then when you're the only, it's not easy when you're the only one. And then they keep telling you, you know, you're going to, and these trips are not cheap. Um, it's something to weigh. And then if, unless yeah. it's like, you know, you just say, be careful, whatever. Uh, the Boston Globe, you guys have a great story how you break down um, this whole situation with St. Ray's. And I, I still think that there's, there's something really there because I also saw that email and that, that came out on Saturday from the principal. And Dan McGowan, the, the, according to him, they contacted the Rhode Island Department of Health and they... They told them not even to quarantine anyone, and also, according to him, and they, they didn't even say that, that the vice principal needed to be to be tested for it. Yeah, very interesting. You know, it's, this is on the front page of the paper today. I mean, the, you know, the, just the, the sort of uh, uh, timeline of all this it, it is quite interesting, and you, you just kind of nailed it. I mean, um, the the idea that uh, the, the, really, the, the state didn't, basically said you know you you you're, you don't have to uh, do anything with anybody else you know this the the one administrator uh remember was not in school uh at the beginning of of, of the week after coming back so the you know person comes back not feeling well calls out sick but then it still takes a couple of days to uh you know to to talk to the department of health and and go through that process and the department of health basically said look you're you're you know if if, if we're not seeing any symptoms anywhere else then it doesn't look like we're going to need to you know quarantine of course that quickly changed when you you know you heard a, a kid had tested positive and then uh you know and then of course there was the the whole thing with a chaperone although that person ended up testing negative you know i i think they were uh what what i what i guess i wonder and and, and st ray's has been 
Um, you know, they were, I think, very forthcoming, or as forthcoming as they could be initially, you know, kind of explaining sort of what they were doing. And, you know, of course, we all got their, their emails. I will say that since then, they've been uh, uh, fairly allergic, I think, to the press. And so what we don't know is... You know how much uh, how much were they told? How, you know how much do they feel like they were maybe left in the dark, and whether the Department of Health uh, or the state maybe you know didn't tell them enough. Uh, we don't know that exactly, and, and and that's certainly my kind of top question right now. Yeah, and I think it's a it's a, a strong and it's it's a legitimate question, specifically because, and and thank goodness when that assistant principal returned. When the person from St. Ray's, we'll just say, the person there um, returned from the trip, he didn't go into work because he wasn't feeling well. And as the week went along, rumors started to spread. Um, I was saying earlier, last Thursday, I mean, I came on the air and I talked to him on the phone, but I I was wearing a mask because I I had it down. And I won't get into specifics because I do want to respect people's medical privacy. But after the program, I was on the phone with someone with a local hospital and saying, I'm telling you, this is the information I had. No, completely not true. Please don't spread that, John. That's not true. I spoke to someone. I won't say who at St. Ray's. Nope, not true at all, blah, blah, blah. Uh, He's not feeling well. He's got the flu completely unconnected. I I was just hearing, like, nope, you're totally wrong on it. And then Sunday, boom, they come out. No, it was true. He is in a hospital, and he did test positive for it. So, but the global Go ahead. You know, I was going to say, you even see what they did to the the local newspaper where yes. they, you know, the the pay, they had the story rock solid yep. and and uh, and you know they the, the the I was I thought it was really um, uh, honorable or, or courageous for the the paper to acknowledge that basically look the state came to us and said hey you need to pull this off you know you need to take this down there's you know privacy information all that kind of thing and then sure enough the story was rock solid and they had it and 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 they ended up having to you know. Uh, to, to repost it basically with, with with the confirmed facts. So you know clearly there was an effort to yeah. you know, look. You, you want to give a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Maybe you know nobody had officially tested positive yet or something like that. But you know the the amount of pressure I think that was on uh, both you and, and and certainly the newspaper and I think uh, some of the folks at St. Ray's to not say anything about this um, that that was very noticeable. It was, and also there's just a very memorable. The Boston Globe has a great story. Rhode Island school staff member with coronavirus remains hospitalized. Third person on school trip being tested. But you post that picture of there's a woman cleaning the table. But, Dan McGowan, what stuck out to me is she's not even wearing a mask. You would think (laughs) that someone's doing the cleaning. But anyhow. Now, listen, I do also want to touch on there was um, you have a great story. Providence gets his own version of Super Tuesday. Were you surprised at the results? Because I know Anthony and I know his uh, club Coliseum. Um, He's been pretty active. But, boy, that was an absolute blowout in Ward 1 with uh, Fox Point parts of downtown. Yeah, yeah, that's a, kind of one of the more significant city council seats just because it, it does include that Fox Point area. So technically, you know, we refer to it as an east side council seat. And, of course, that's where sort of all the money is in Providence, things like that. Uh, you know, I think that the young man who, who won the race, he's an educator. I think he works at the Wheeler School, John Gonsalves. Uh, you know, look, has a great last name for, for uh, you know, folks that, that are still kind of Portuguese over there. You know, so, so that helped with him. He worked his butt off from everything I understand was 
just constantly door knocking. But you're right. I mean, I would have said, and I, I kind of said this in, in Roadmap yesterday, that I thought that Centauri, who's the nightclub owner, uh, was the favorite. He spent almost $50,000 in the race, which is a lot of money for a local city council race. So it would be probably in the top five in the last 20 years. Um, and so, you know, I, I thought he seemed to have momentum. He seemed to have the mail ballots uh, that that came kind of locked up. But uh, this guy kind of swamped him and, and was able to, you know, really, um, really come in and just knock all the doors. You know, I moderated a debate with them. Uh, everybody's the same, right? They're all sort of left-leaning Democrat, progressive Democrats, and, you know, have the same views on everything. So these elections really do come down to literally, can you get your seven or 800 votes? And the only way to really do that is to uh, just have a ground game in place. And that's what this, this young man uh, was able to pull off. Folks, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, I just want to circle back. The Globe, you guys have had great stories. Uh, where St. Ray's, it was the trip to Italy that seemingly that's what unknowingly that uh, some of the students and then obviously someone else that works at the school uh, apparently contracted the coronavirus were on the trip. Now, it, it, right now, that seems to be uh, seemingly it, it is out of state travel. There's a story about a professor Brown that may have contracted it. But I'm also getting information that some of the students from St. Ray's and I'm just wondering if you heard anything about this. They that went on the trip to Italy. There are also pages at the Rhode Island State House that a lot of times high school students were in that program, and they were at the State House last week. So I heard this as well, John, and I actually checked with uh, with Larry Berman, who's the spokesperson for the House. He says, and, and I literally got the text message as you were talking about it while I was on hold. Huh. Um, and, he, and he says that there are pages that go that that go to uh, St. Ray's, but they did not go to Italy. That that that's the statement from that okay. the spokesperson for the House. Um, he said to check with the Senate as well, but he says the three people who are House pages that go to St. Ray's were not on that trip to Italy. Okay. Now, also, I want to come back to you had a fantastic story over the weekend it somewhat has been lost because of the, obviously the yeah. incredible results of super tuesday and coronavirus but the exchange that you captured the text messages between the education commissioner and randy weingarten that's one for the books yeah, you know, this is one of those things where you uh, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. And and uh, on Saturday over the over the weekend, as you know, you and I talked about this. The uh, the Randy Weingarten, the American Federation of Teachers president, was in town, and she happened during her speech, uh, or actually she was answering a question uh, of of somebody in the crowd at this uh, event, and she casually referred to having a text message conversation to uh, with the commissioner. And when I hear text message or email uh, when it comes to public officials, especially when they're not elected, I say, boy, that's that's a public record. I can ask for that. And immediately I asked for it. And uh, to the credit of the commissioner, uh, I happened to know where she was that day in a separate event. And I just went and saw her and she said, I saw you put in a public records request. She literally just handed me her phone and said, here you go. Um, uh, and what it does is it really illustrates, I think, deeper than, than you, you often see, uh, the thing that you and I have talked about for so many months, that this fight that, that is really starting to bubble up with the teachers' union, um, the union is not afraid to tell, to, to, to you know, give, to put a you know, strong arm or put their, you know, put pressure on. And what Randy Weingarten did was say, hey, our polling shows we win a fight against you. We'll prevail, is, is how she put it. And... Uh, you know, the, the, to the credit of the commissioner, she kind of said, 
I got nothing to hide here. There was, there, yes, in fact, there was a text message conversation. I'll show it to you. And it really kind of illustrates. I mean, the, the, Randy Weingarten said that the commissioner has lost all goodwill with, with these, uh, with the teachers union. And so what it shows is that, you know, this is going to get, uh, this is going to get uglier. And, uh, remember, they haven't even sat down at the negotiating table yet. Uh, and I can tell you from the reaction to this story, in fact, I talked to Randy Weingarten about a couple hours before I published the story, uh, I don't think anyone is particularly thrilled that that came out. And so it's, good, it's probably just going to get hotter and sort of uglier over the next couple of months. Dan McGowan, do we know who exactly sits down in this room to, to do the negotiations? I know Mary Beth Calabro, who's the head of the union, she's saying, oh, I'm very much looking forward to it. Her name is put out. She was the local face last summer. She has been the yep. face, the head of the teacher union. When they went after Mayor Lorza, she's the face of it. But do we know who actually sits, sits down in that room that's involved with the, sitting across the table negotiating? This is a really good question, John, and, and I'll be honest, I don't know for sure. Here's what I know about the history of these kind of contract negotiations. You know, in the past, usually it's either, uh, you know, the, the superintendent or kind of the mayor's top person, director of administration, something like that. I think in this case, you are going to have the commissioner doing a lot of kind of work herself. She'll, of course, have the lawyers with her uh, to, you know, essentially make sure things are legal. But what you need in these negotiations are people who, who have actually done it before. And, and, and I think that's going to be a challenge for the commissioner because, you know, you go into these conversations and you, you think about here are the top two or three priorities. But if you get bogged down fighting over, you know, 15 and 16 different topics, Suddenly you forget about what your top priority was, and then you, 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 know, you start to think about, okay, we just need to get a contract signed. And, and then that's where you get you know, additions to things that you, maybe you don't necessarily want, and you, you never really accomplish your goal. So I'll be interested to see who the commissioner kind of has with her to, um, to really kind of keep the focus on her top, top priorities, which I assume will be you know, more flexibility when it comes to hiring and firing. I think that's really the thing that she truly wants. But remember, I mean, that's the thing that everybody wants in, in, in any contract, right? You've signed contracts before, so yeah. have I. You, you want the ability to uh, get out if you're management as fast as possible. Um, and if you're on the other side, you want maybe as much uh, uh, flexibility on your end. And so I think that that's going to be the, the big question. I don't know, you know, who the professional negotiator on the state side is going to be, but I do expect the commissioner to be in the room for those conversations. Wow. And not only that, and again, nothing, I don't mean this uh, in any way negative towards the head of the Providence Teachers Union, Mary Beth Calabro, but based on the text message story that you broke, I mean, that shows me a big part of any negotiation is who is the true decision maker in this equation. And to me, that role has already been defined. It's actually, and it, it's, it's as high level as it gets. And it is, they, they are not coming in on a deal unless Randy Weingarten signs off on it. So it may be sitting in the room and is the education commissioner and the collabro and those people, but nothing, the real decision maker, like Wizard of Oz, the man behind the curtain, it's, 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 it's Randy Weingarten. They're going to have to go back to her. This is what's being offered, blah, blah, blah. And even though they may be uh, somewhat upset, and that, that was really incredible that the education commissioner was willing to show you that because that, that shows me, you tell me, Dan McGowan, but that's a little bit like, Boy, all bets are off now. I mean, this could become a full-scale war. 
Oh, 100%. Yeah. And you, you just nailed it. I mean, this is one of those things where, uh, you know, the you'll remember I did a story just a couple of weeks ago that you and I talked about saying, basically, look, the contract is the next big thing to talk about. And the, uh, the, the local union, Mary Beth Calabro, they were uh, adamant that Randy Weingarten was going to be in a supportive role but not necessarily, you know, the, the leader on this thing. Meanwhile, now we come to find out that she had already had this nasty text message exchange with the commissioner. That's right. Uh, then, to show you how I mean, influential this woman is, she co- or, or at least powerful, she flies in Saturday, does this conversation, talks to reporters, immediately gets ushered off and flies across the country and goes and endorses Elizabeth Warren for president. So, you know, obviously it didn't work for Super Tuesday or anything like that, but... That shows you how kind of influential this person is, that, that she needed to be in Providence for a little while and then immediately go and, 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 you know, be a player in the presidential race. And that's why she will continue, I think, to be a player here. Yeah. And not only that, you also highlighted, before I let you go, one more important part of this. And that is, and I thought this was interesting, that they actually took, they were offended in a way, it seemed, that Governor Mundo came out and endorsed former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg, because they specifically said there are three choices. You can either go with Biden or Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. And they were almost insulted like the Raimondo decided, Governor Raimondo decided to back uh, Bloomberg. And, and that also just shows the power of how they, when they speak to the union, they expect you, you know, this is like Henry Ford. You can have any color car you want as long as it's black. Um, that they, they don't expect you to go off the reservation and something like that, Dan McGowan. No, and, and that, that's right. I mean, I, I think what, what was really striking to me, I was actually surprised by how much she talked about this. Usually when you hear about endorsements and you hear about, you know, who, you know, who the union's supporting, it's mostly pro whoever whoever is being supported. You don't hear a lot, unless it's Donald Trump, of course. You know, you hear about, let's, you know, go for Biden, go for Bernie, go for Elizabeth. Um, in this case, Randy Weiner, multiple times during her public speech to the to the teachers, and then to reporters afterwards, couldn't have been more clear that they do that they want nothing to do with Mike Bloomberg, uh, and and for the governor here to you know be involved, it just added a little bit of fuel to the fire. Now I suppose it all doesn't matter now because he's out of the race, but uh, folks have long memories, as you yeah. know. And one last question on that. Do we know, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but when Weingarten left Providence and was jetting off, did she actually take a private jet to the Elizabeth Warren event? And I'm not saying, suggesting she paid for it, but the campaigns obviously have millions. And if you were going to take an endorsement like that and be at a rally, do we know, did she show up at TF Green in the airport and get in line with everyone else? Or was she actually on a private jet to the Warren event? She she flew out of Logan. Oh, um, I okay. don't know if it was a a private jet. Okay. I know they kept on saying we got to make a plane. We got to make okay. a plane. They had so to get maybe away if out of Logan would have better direct service than it was something on That's TF right. Green. That's okay, right. but still that is uh, that that is going to be a uh, a battle to watch. And I think I'll just say this about Infante Green. I'm I'm very impressed with her approach. Uh, she knows the player here. I mean, when they start talking about inside baseball, well, you remind me of Joe Klein, and you've lost goodwill. Uh, the fact she was willing to do that, but I think this is difficult because the person she really needs to be negotiating with is not going to be in the room. It's all just going to be used through different people. As much as they can sit there, we want this, we want that. It's it's really going to come down that Weingarten's going to have to sign off on it. Dan McGowan, people listening right now, they can get your daily email that I get each day roadmap. Today was the handy guide to sounding smart about Super Tuesday, the Boston Globe. How can people listening get your daily email? 
That's right, John. Uh, before 8 a.m. every day, uh, every weekday, you can get sort of new content from me, new reporting, uh, roundup of the best stories in the globe, and then the, the basics of what's the governor doing today, what's the congressman doing today, things like that. And if you just send a blank email to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com, I'll know what it is because you're, you're sending it now. I'll add you to our email list, and you'll start getting it. It's free. Like I said, it comes out every single day. Uh, we've now, I think we've had, we're over 200 of them issued so far, and so... Uh, uh, people really like it, so rinews at globe.com, and you'll start getting it tomorrow. Two more quick questions. I'm going to let you go. What is Sid McKenna's next move? And also, any thoughts? I know this is just breaking, but the Globe's done great reporting on the Mattiello uh, grand jury. Uh, any thoughts or anything new on that? Well, so we'll take it reverse the, with the Mattiello uh, uh, situation. You know, I, I, I continue, and I think Channel 12's done a nice job uh, pointing this out they today. Have. Um, the... the the fact that the that Nick Mattiello has not been subpoenaed. Yep. Remember what Eva Mancuso said last week. That means you're the target. That's right. Uh, and or it could mean you're the target. I shouldn't go that far, but uh, it, it, it certainly is very interesting that you're starting to see more of these folks, uh, you know, get brought back in. Remember, there isn't a, a this is not like that Jeff Britt situation a couple of months ago where there's you're you're run, running up against the the statute of limitations. This is. You could go on for a little while. Oh, yeah. You can, Big time. You, know, you can extend the grand jury. So there's nothing. The clock is not necessarily ticking here. So very interesting. It shows that the case is still wide open and there's still a lot going on. It's not like last week, you'll remember, there was a lot of rumors going around. Oh, it's over. It's, you know, everyone yeah. at the state house was, was calling us saying, oh, there's nothing going to happen. That's well, right. We, we don't know yet. And then on the Sid McKenna thing, look, I think the, the, the nice thing for anyone who works for Mike Bloomberg is he's been pretty vocal about saying that, you know, I'm going to pay people through the campaign, things like that. And if you're willing to go on and work for Joe Biden and, or, or work for, you know, whatever group that Mike Bloomberg wants to organize, um, you wouldn't want, if I'm the Bloomberg people, I wouldn't want the press that says, you know, I said I was going to pay for everyone, but then, you know, I was just kidding. And so I think a lot of these folks might have jobs for at least a little a while. They got a little bit of job security. From what I understand, though, it's a little different if he's not the candidate, because then how do you fund it unless it's like a pact or something like that? It's, it, it becomes a lot, like a super pact. It basically. does. It's a. Li- it's yeah. much easier. One last thing I'll say about this is some dynamics about the Mattiello thing. Uh, most people don't know the name Andrew Ronaldo. You and I do. He's yep. a player. Uh, him in front of the grand jury certainly gets a lot of people's attention. I'm not in any way intimating Andrew did anything wrong, but he knows a lot, and he is beyond super connected. The other part about this that is an interesting twist is this Patrick Butler, who we both know. He's a Providence yep. guy. Uh, I've known him for over 20 years. This story of they want to hear him tell his story, he was sent by the convention center to meet with uh, Leo Skenyon. Skenyon acting as a messenger. If that story is true that adds a different dynamic to this whole thing because now potentially mattiello is using aids in a capacity of delivering messages and then something happens that that development that part of it that people have heard about and known actually that that's something to watch that's what i've been told as well yeah I, I completely agree with you, John, and, and remember it potentially exposes the, the – we all sort of agree because he's not been called, there's a good reason to believe that the speaker could be the, 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 you know, the target of this thing. But also, look, if, if, if it's another person, if he gets to be able to make the argument, hey, it wasn't me, these guys were acting you know, alone, well, maybe somebody else ends up jammed up Gave here. The order, uh, sure. Maybe, 
you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors here um, uh, that could. Remember, you know, you go back. I know it's a di much different case, but if you go back to Buddy Cianci, there were people who were charged and then who who ended up being found not guilty, uh, you know, and acquitted. So this could be one of those situations where maybe maybe they sweep up a lot of people and then somebody ends up uh, convicted. So sure. very very interesting, folks. He's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, great job. We'll talk to you again. Thanks so much, John. Have a good day. All right, folks, there it is. And again, uh, big news of the day. You can hear it, obviously. Uh, boy, what an incredible news day. And really, you have to. Good afternoon to uh, everybody on Facebook Live. I've been trying to find her post. It was in a thread. I have a trouble finding out. And I'm not sure which one that is um, referring to. But the situation with the Mattiello Grand Jury, I'm telling you, folks, that is without question, um, that is something to watch. All right, 766-1380. Now, uh, next hour, we'll take your phone calls. Again, I'm going to tell you more about the Mattiello Grand Jury, why this is so serious. Now, listen, I've put on my website, without question, I mean, I believe, uh, and you can read DePetro.com. He is the target. There's no one else that doesn't make sense that there is a target. Uh, but I think it could go beyond just the speaker. It certainly seems as if uh, it could go beyond just Mattiello, and meaning it could be, as I've said, what do I refer to it as, right? Right, Frank, the Mattiello crime family. Folks, they could be lining up a RICO case, meaning that he uses Leo Skenyon as chief of staff. He uses Frank Montanaro in capacities where they are carrying out and executing his orders. Now, that is illegal. And so that, um, that certainly seemingly is something that could be on the table where they could also be in jeopardy. Hey, I want to remind you, if you're a Trump fan, you're going to love Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Look for them on Facebook. Frank, have you stopped in there? Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Cookies, pastry, chocolate-covered donuts, cannolis, and Trump pastry. They're open. Look for them on Facebook. I have a link on my Facebook page, but it's Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Where is that? It's right off of Silver Spring Street. They are right next door to AAA location in Providence. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. I've held up some of the pictures they have on Facebook. You can look for their Facebook page. I did share it on mine. But it is um, really just incredible pastry. But you're going to, if you're a Trump supporter, Frank Ritchie and everyone else, you're going to love Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Let me just show you some of the, Ron's making pastry great again. And you see the, um, let me just pull up, look at the uh, Trump pastry that we have, they have. So if you're a Trump supporter, look at that. There's our president, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They also have um, 45 and MAGA. It's going to look um, backwards because of um, I'm showing it on uh, Facebook of that. But you can see the MAGA and the 45 and the American flag. They have a nice little snack kit. Stop it and see them. Ron and Melissa, the easiest thing to do, they have their phone number there as well, is look for them on Facebook. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 um, in Providence, it's Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Folks, 170 Royal Little Drive. It's John DePietro. The Power Hour is next. Stay with us right here after the 1 o'clock news. WNRI, Winsocket. W236CW, W260DC. WNRI.